Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a Walk in the Park podcast. This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. When we talk about politics on a walk, we always need to give this disclaimer. We are not experts. We might be completely wrong in what we are saying. Exercise addles our brains in the moment. We're transparent about that. You should always do your own research if you don't agree with what we are saying. Our podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We're showing you who we are, two ordinary women who crack each other up and think we can make you laugh as well. And when it comes to politics, show how someone who voted for Hillary, Babs, and someone who voted for Trump, Riss, can still be the best of friends. In this episode, we talked about everything from parasailing, that's a puh sound, to the California fires, to the current state of the Florida and Georgia elections, to Puddles the Clown, a.k.a. Mike Big Mike Geyer, to the state of mindful resistance, and what to trust in a post-truth world. Please enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. We are here. Yeah, we are. We once again waited to the loud part of our walk to hit the record button, but we have to get all of our non-recordable things off our chests first. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we are super proud of ourselves. Or I'm super proud of us because we are out walking in the rain. Yep. It's not really raining, but we do have like flood warnings and flash flood warnings. Oh, yeah. And so we are we are dedicated people. Yeah, we are. We are dedicated to walk. To the walk. Super excited that season one, episode one is officially in Apple Podcasts. Yes. So yes. we are official and now feel an official sense of obligation, which is what we love, right? It's one of I, our favorite things. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so happy. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I saw it and I went, woo! <laughs> I know, and with that great artwork by Chris. Oh my God. And of course. That, that's the first thing he said. He goes, congratulations. And then he said, I like your artwork. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so yes. the pressure's on. We actually have to talk. I know, we have to talk. <laughs> well, so... Here, I'll give you a little recap of my my weekend for posterity. I was in oh, Charleston yeah. yes. with Naomi for Y'all Fest. We What is the significance of Y'all Fest? It's just a festivist for the rest of us? No, it's a young adult literary conference. Oh, cool. Yeah, so young adult authors come and do book signings and speak what? on panels and Yeah, so it's wow. super fun. This is the second year we've gone. Um I've shared with you before, Charleston is my favorite U.S. city. I was there for the first time in 2013, and I don't know why, because Ancestry DNA shows me I have zero 
ancestral ties to Charleston, so it must have been in a past life because <laughs> I love it and felt like instantly connected to that city. Interesting. And I would move there. I would okay. move there right now. All right. We got. And make Vivi- that if Vivian quits gymnastics, which she wants to do, that's oh. a separate story. <laughs> then I will. I will insist. But um, yeah, so we were in Charleston Free All Fest. We made it to my favorite restaurant there, Nigel's Good Food, which is actually in North Charleston on Ashley Phosphate. And it is literally like this hole in the wall type place in a dark and dreary strip mall. Ooh. And uh, best food ever. So interesting. I know. I had to get on the Devil's Road, which I hate. In total, there were probably only four near accidents in which I was involved on a round trip. Only. Only. (laughs) So, but yeah, we met a bunch of authors, one of Naomi's uh, writing friends, and her mom came, so we had another two people to hang out with some of the time and we rented this cute little cottage and so it all went well but anyone who has kids or themselves likes young adult uh fiction I would say it's worth going they actually have one a sister festival called y'all west which is out, I know, which is out in Santa Time, Monica. 15 minutes. And it's in May. Seconds. Okay. Distance, one mile. Um, pace, 15 minutes. How, wait, how, 48 how many years have seconds you been going to per this? mile. This is just Split the second pace. year oh, we've 15 gone. Okay. Minutes, 49 so, oh, seconds cool. per we mile. We found out about it last year. Um, yeah. Naomi, you know, has only recently, in the past couple of years, become more of a reader, so. Right. Okay. Yes, and then I came back to Georgia and the flash flood warnings and the dreary. What was the weather like there? Better than this. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like super sunny and 70, but better than this. My constant refrain, almost anything is better than Georgia. Oh my god, I so hate the number of cars. Oh yeah, well you know what, it's early yet. I mean, technically we don't... I don't know how early we ever step out and do this, but this is prime commuting time. But I hate it, Riss. Oh, I know. And I want it to stop. Okay. Please make it stop. Okay. Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh my goodness. This big ass hill. Yes. The hill will not defeat us. No. So, we have a lot of stuff going on in our lives. You are leaving for Aruba this week, right? Yeah. You're abandoning me. I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, But I'm looking forward to just sitting on the beach and not doing anything. Yeah. Which might not happen because I know my son will get bored. He can only do so much relaxing. He's going to want to do stuff, so there'll be a horseback ride on the beach at some point. Nice. And what do they call that when you get in the water, but you go up on the uh, parasailing? Oh. Is that what that is? No. Well, Paris 
sailing when you're being towed behind a boat? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. I did that once over Lake Tahoe, which is where Jonathan and I celebrated our second year anniversary. Were you laughing the whole time? No. <laughs> laughing the whole time parasailing? Yeah. No. And you know, Tahoe's already pretty elevated, so the air was pretty thin up there. Oh. Because Tahoe's already at like, like Tahoe's already at like 7,500 feet. Right. Or so. Elevation. Maybe a little less. And then, you know, I guess you don't go up that high. But several hundred feet anyway. Yeah. It was fun. Cool. So yeah, that might happen. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. I haven't been there in uh, maybe four years. So it'll be fun to see how it's changed, if at all. Yeah. I was there most recently. And the only time I was there was... October of 2015 and it was it was great except even though I've been warned I wasn't totally prepared for how windy yeah it would be and Jonathan and I both had horrible head colds horrible oh it was just uh, miserable but we you know powered we powered through right well yeah I mean I'd rather be sick on the beach that's then true. Sink in my bed. That is. But I have to see. <laughs> Bless you. Um, I am going to be missing out on Thanksgiving because I get home that day. Right. Well, you can do what we're doing, which is Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving, because our friends that are out in the fires in California currently oh, yeah. are flying in to Jacksonville where we're having Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day so we're either doing Friday or Saturday Thanksgiving but yeah so our poor best friends in Southern California had to evacuate their house because of the Woolsey fire and they're back now but kind of on edge like things are not good Right. As of today, Tuesday, November 13th, and so they're prepared, as are my 80-something-year-old in-laws, oh. who also went back, but are prepared to leave again, and, uh, wow. so, and school out there, at least in the district that my friend's daughter is in, is closed until after Thanksgiving. So, yeah, it's just a little bit. I mean, you have that jackass, Trump, <laughs> I tweeting, because... tweeting about how, you know, this is California's fault because of poor forest management shape up or no more federal payments. And you know that's totally because California didn't vote for him. In the 2016 election, if it were Texas, he'd be like, handing out paper towels left and right. Oh, I know. So, but then it was funny. So, of course, people 
instantly start trolling him, as I'm sure many of our listeners know. And, like, he was, like, the California Fire Department account or something. He's like, well, since 95% of the land burning is federal land under federal management, then, yeah, you dipshit. (laughs) I think they did actually use, no, maybe they used some different word. They're like, we agree, the people in charge have mismanaged it. A.K.A. you. Yeah. Well, then, I think what bothers me is that he sends out these tweets, and then he doesn't ever apologize. Because if you want, I I do uh, I do subscribe to his Twitter account. Like I, uh-huh. I want to see what he's saying. Yes, I can give you an alternate uh, way so- to get everything he says without being one of his followers. Because there's this account that's like we'll retweet directly everything he says and you don't have to follow him because you know declining Twitter followers numbers would drive him crazy oh yeah so I'll send that to you because that's what I subscribe to oh okay or follow here here. well because what I find fascinating is that he'll write something else later that day that's a lot more kind. It's almost like... Well, because somebody has right. gone in and maybe reached him. But, of course, since his tweets are officially considered presidential records, he can get in trouble if he deletes them. Right. So, that part is actually funny to me. Not that a million, literally, people probably aren't screenshotting... Everything he tweets. Right. Um, I'm like, why bother saying it? Because he can't help himself. It's who he is. He's the biggest baby. And that's about the kindest thing. But you raise an interesting point on where we get our information from. Oh, yeah. So I was listening to this TED Talks Daily the other day. Uh And the talker was. I think he's an economist, and he's over in the UK. His name is Alex Edmonds, I believe. And so he was kind of talking about confirmation bias, but he was also talking about moving from a post-truth world to a pro-truth world. And he was kind of giving his take on where we are as a society and what we need to do to, you know, become, these are my words, become sane again. Yes. So one thing interesting that he shared, he said, uh, let's see, I don't know if I remember the whole thing. He's like, a story is not a fact. It might not be true. Thank you. A fact is not data. It might not be supportive. I think that was what that was. And then data is not evidence. No, that's the one that I think was. It might not be supportive. Anyway, I'll get this right in the review. <laughs> but uh, it's true. Like with the internet and social media curating content and whatnot, we get a lot of stories. Right. And how do we know if the stories are true? What do we do 
to investigate before we share them. And a story is also, I mean, it might just not be representative. Right. One story. This is the, the outlier story that then everybody is internalizing as this is the truth. Right. And really, it's just a story. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should talk about this on this podcast, but I will. I'm going to try to share it without being too graphic in detail. Right. But in, my, in our Twitter feed the other day, somebody we follow uh, shared a link or shared another tweet that had a story in it. And it was about what's happening at the border with immigrants. Okay. Um, and oh. the comment was, on it was, just when I didn't think it could get worse. And the article told this story of something that happened to these, this woman and two teenage girls in 2014. <laughs> so, right. you know, still horrible what happened to them. They were sexually assaulted, right. left to die. I mean... It was, and it was by a border patrol agent. Okay. Um, and I think the reason it's, I don't know if the reason why people were sharing it is maybe, I okay, I can't even remember, but I'm like, okay, this is horrible, but now people think this just happened. Right. And I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but, or isn't still happening, but this is a story from 2014. So one of the first things I do whenever anybody shares something is I check the date and the source. And if the date is not like recent or current, then to me, it's less relevant depending on the way it was presented. Like if this is like, here's historical examples Mm -hmm. of how far back this goes. Right. Um, That's different. And then I'll look at the source. And if I don't think it's a reputable source, then I'm not going to believe what it is in the story, even if it agrees with me. Because, you know, I'm afraid of the slippery slope down into confirmation bias. I don't want to become one of those people that... Well, that's what I've been saying this whole time, though. ...believes something just because it agrees with what I want to be true. Right. So... Right. No, I totally agree. So now, morning, it should be more like, you know, if you're going to post something on our feed, just make sure you've read the cut, that you've read not only the source, but the relevancy. Like, uh, you know, how relevant is it? Or you can, you can share it if it's old, but explain exactly why it's, why it's relevant. Right. Um, and that's the problem with a lot of the stuff on Facebook and all of that. Nonsense. Although, you know what? Maybe I'll have to go back and look. Maybe the date. Because I thought once I read the article, I was like, oh, maybe I can see what this is relevant. Because now I'm thinking maybe the story was just talking about what happened in 2014. But the date was more recent because maybe there there's a lawsuit now or something that was brought by. Gotcha. I'll have to go back and look, but um, it doesn't undermine my point, which is first check the date, then check the source. If you don't recognize the source, 
do a little Googling and see if it actually goes anywhere legitimate. Right. I mean, the domain name could just be a shell for nothing. So, yes, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. And we're seeing it now, of course, totally in that it's a week after election day and we don't officially have a governor <laughs> in what? Georgia, even Is though... Five o'clock tonight, they have to make a decision. Everything's supposed to be certified by 5 p.m. tonight, which means all counties are supposed to say, we've found and counted every vote. Right. Here are our numbers. Right. However, I don't know that that stops any challenges. That's just when you get official certified results. So Brian Kemp is kind of a classic dumbass for declaring himself the winner, which he did while he was still Secretary of State and only in court when there was a lawsuit brought against him to get him to step down and not oversee the handling of election. I find that so fascinating. Well, he did resign then, but he had to be sued into doing it, basically. Right. So, good morning. And then you have in Florida, you know, that guy, that secretary of state, that governor who's running for Senate is like trying to stay in charge of his own race as well. And so, I don't know if this... Time, 31 minutes, 52 seconds. Confirmation bias. 2 miles. Pace, 15 minutes, 55 seconds per mile. Split pace, 16 minutes, 2 seconds per mile. Yeah, hill slows us down. (laughs) But, um, so what I see is people who affiliate Republican are complaining about how the losers should move on and the babies should move on and all that. And the Democrats are concerned with every vote being counted and accept ACC-EPT, the fact that counting every vote doesn't mean every vote goes to their candidate. All right. So maybe there are some Democrats out there that would not care if Republican votes were counted, but that's not the message I get from that side of the spectrum. And I just get a completely like disconnected message from the other side. Whereas I know if their person were losing, they would be like, count every vote, recount. And they always scream fraud anyway. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> regardless of, you know. Which side? Yeah. Yeah. And then it is interesting because, so I think it was in Florida. So absentee, like overseas ballots can come in until November, can arrive until November 16th. As long as they're postmarked by November 6th, they will be accepted. Okay. That must not be here in Georgia, but it's like, so... And why is Florida always a hot mess? Uh, 
know if I should really speculate here, but... Well, I mean, I was watching last night. Um, it's a very big state. It's, it's a very big state. Very... They're always a mess when it comes to the... And you know, it's like so funny. It's like if, if it was me in charge, I'd be like, all right, guys, we got to be preventative about this. We have to take... We have to look at this before these midterms even happen because... Well, what's yeah. happening now is partially because of what they corrected after the 2000 debacle. Right. So, and that's why people are telling people, like, you idiots, they're just following the law. Right. Like, the law is actually dictating in Florida that there be a recount, and this is how it's handled. And because of 2000 and the hanging chads and the Supreme Court getting involved in stopping the recount. And so they changed it to try to ensure that that situation didn't happen again. Right. So, anyway, here in our little county, not our county, our um, district, we... Which is a big-ass district. Well, is it? I don't know that it's any bigger than any others normally they well it might be important yeah Yeah. normally they try to draw districts so they have about the same amount of people right in them but um yes our district spans parts of three counties and this time uh the district flipped the sixth so it went from red to blue and uh that was part of the blue ripple with blue the Democrats ripple. taking back the House. They wanted a blue wave. They got a blue ripple. But as we've talked about in our lives, the immediate important thing is, you know, how does everybody continue to get along? Yeah, especially in a, in a time and, of a lot of hate and trolling and anger. and It's unnecessary. It's like... I, and you know what? It's funny. I often think about how much time do you have that you're on the internet or your phone tweeting, looking stuff up, tweeting, retweeting, anger, anger, anger. It's like, you know, get a friggin' life. <laughs> I just don't have that much time. <sighs> Make your job. Do now, will politics ever come up in your Bible study, or do people? Oh no, it's just to try to avoid that. <laughs> and I just keep my mouth shut because I'm like, you know what? It's here to talk about God. I because if it did come up, I shut it right down. Good for you. Ugh. I'm That's reading. Where I'm heading today. Yes. I have a Thanksgiving luncheon. So yesterday I baked. Well, no, Saturday I baked my sugar cookies decorated them last night but yesterday I literally spent the afternoon making cannoli shells. Yeah because you got some new tools for that right? Oh yeah there's a little slice of hell but now that I know how to do it it won't be as hard next time. I know and so your birthday is coming up next (laughs) month. Can you generally explain to me what this birthday celebration event we're going to? On your birthday? So, this is Puddles the Clown. Okay. Puddles the Clown is a character invented by the man who does it, Big Mike. I don't know his 
full name is just now. Big Mike is quite an attraction here in uh, immediate Atlanta. Trader Vicks? Yep. Yeah, okay. Variety Playhouse. He does a lot of cool, really cool shows. He has a big band. Uh, and it's it's like almost like a little bit of a variety show. It has a little bit of everything. Okay. But he's a great singer. And so Puddles the Clown was his little invention. And he, I don't know exactly where he started it, but it got kind of big in Seattle, I think. They can call me out on this. <laughs> but I know that he's doing it. He got onto America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. Um, and he made it through, I think, two rounds. Uh, and then he got cut off. But he's uh, doing Puddles the Clown here in Georgia again. And uh, my sister's a big fan of Big Mike, so she's like, we have to go say this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. On your birthday. On my birthday. Awesome. Yeah. So, better not have any tennis planned for the next day because I ain't doing it. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Oh, surely by then. No. I'm, no, it's... I know. Is... Just goes through the winter here. Yeah, it does. The Metro. ATL. And just think, if it had been any colder here, we'd have snow right now. Huh. But there's that Gulf Stream for us. You know, I can't. I know you dislike Georgia, but I can't really complain too much. There are a lot of things I can complain about. I won't complain about weather. Cause like rain is like no big deal. Well, except when you're on the roads with people who. Oh, I know. Can't drive in the rain. I know. A friend of ours texted Jonathan this morning because she knows we, some days we're heading north on the back roads. And she's like, if you're going to be in this area this morning, avoid it. She's like, there's a flipped car. Oh. So. It takes like, a lot to flip a car. I just it does take a lot that. to flip a car. But going too fast on the country road in the rain yeah, to do it. Yeah. Or being forced off the road by a crazy person. You know. Right. Or going too fast in the rain and a deer runs out in front of you and you try to stop. But yes, I would agree. Typically, I guess it takes a lot to flip a car. I mean, like, you and I couldn't do it just on our own. Well, not on wood. If we were outside the car. <laughs> Unless we had one of those surges of adrenaline oh yeah or like somebody we loved like was Hulk? trapped yes. yes yes we could we could do lots of then stuff. we might be able to oh. to flip a car well i'm glad we got this walk in to save someone me too because getting my ten thousand steps in on the elliptical it's instead hard, of walking is so hard however it's better for you so it's not like you're not working out oh i know i'm just Wanting to get my steps. It's my anchor to I know. exercise so that I don't Like I did, you know, backslide. total of 7,600 steps, but 4,000 of it was on the elliptical yesterday. So right. That's pretty good. Yeah, you're still getting the amount of cardio time that it took you to do that. Right, right. I just, you know, it's like I'm usually doing it at the end of the day and... Oftentimes I'm tired. Yeah, but and you so, know what? I've not, I like how we can watch TV and do it. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be able. Well, 
Like, I wouldn't be able to do it without watching TV. But I suppose I could be listening to something. But I do feel it's I watch TV. easier I to watch have a visual. TV. You watch what? It's a lot of trash TV. Oh, trash. I thought you said Josh TV. And no. I'm like, wait, <laughs> does the wine guy have a TV channel? <laughs> no, uh, he does not. We got to do another wine of the cast, you know. Oh, yeah. I have to pick something so. out when I get back. <sighs> um, so yeah, let's see what else is going on. Not, much, not too much more outside of just spending this today and tomorrow packing. Yep. I've been getting everything ready now. I just have to lay it all out and get it out there. So, I'm going to be texting you, so I hope you'll have Wi-Fi service or international service. I probably will not. <gasps> I shut down when I go away. Oh, my away. God. All right, well, then pictures, but I won't I'm going to text you until you leave to remind you that you have to record a free the tipple episode oh remember our bonus episodes yeah maybe i'll when we're apart okay thank you for reminding me (laughs) you would make an excellent secretary i'm just saying oh we've had this discussion before i don't want to be a secretary (laughs) i I want to hire a personal assistant i know so and i in this situation i prefer podcast general manager I want a manager title. <laughs> Basically. You're doing very good at it. I'll That's another aside, too. Another aside story that we'll pick up at some point. Oh, uh, my goodness. Well, but, yeah. We're getting a lot of good feedback. I mean, ever since we posted that we have an official podcast. Like, I don't know if you've gotten a lot of stuff on. Have you you've said something on Facebook, right? I did just say something last night on Facebook. But... Oh, I haven't told a lot of people. Oh, I know. The Finny Foo Foo. He just likes to be in the window. That's so cute. He's a pain in the butt, though. I mean, he's so cute, but if I walk over there, he won't realize I can't reach him through the window. He'll run. Won't you, Finny Foo Foo? Let's see. Hi, buddy. You're in the window. Yes, we will see each other tomorrow. Okay. I will send you this episode. Look, he's getting ready to run. He's back. He's gone. Oh, he's gone? Yeah. Well, he's lurking. I can still see him there. Maybe if he sees me walking away. Look, and he's back. And we'll get a little closer. Hi, Benny. Hi, Benny Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. Hi. Hello. And he's getting ready to go. He's like, that woman takes one more step, and I'm out of here. Hi. Oh. Hi. That he should be a... Hi. Hi, sweet boy. Hi. Yeah. Oh, these cats don't realize they need to love me a little more. Look, there's our tarp that we have down to try to prevent uh, our storage area from flooding. I know, the ground just gets super saturated. And the weird thing is, like, we have drainage. So that drain pipe goes underground and goes out the other side. Right. So we need this rain to stop. But All right, well, I will, uh, I will text you about tomorrow morning. I'll send you the episode for review, and we will go from there. Okay, excellent. Have a great day. Oh my-
my gosh. All right, here we are. We're already laughing without hitting record. That always <clears throat> happens. It literally always happens. I mean, oh. you guys don't know what you're missing. It's really... <laughs> or just... or you, it's okay that you miss it. We don't know. <laughs> you might not care. You might not care. But this is Babs and Riss. Yes. And we're here for our review. Our review. Our review. Of our previous podcast episode. No, of Not our previous, walk. Of our walk. Yes. Yes. It's all one podcast yes. episode. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So yes, and this is kind of a timely, timely review. We just don't know when you'll actually be listening to this episode, but we think sometime this month. Yes. And can I, I can I actually tell an irrelevant side note story? Of course. <laughs> our favorite. Okay. So, all right. Uh, I have a 14 year old son, and he has two activities that he does. He does tennis and he, does, he plays in a band, a rock and roll band. But my son is an extremist. Like when he does something, he's got to go all out. So for, As everyone should. As, I mean, he goes all out. Okay. So for instance, when he plays tennis, he cannot play in a t-shirt and shorts. He has to have actual tennis clothes, which, okay, okay I appreciate. But then he takes it one step further. He's always got to have a headband on. Okay. Or he's got to have his hair in a ponytail. Okay. Because he's got very long hair. Yes. Her okay. Boy. And he gets very upset if, it, if the outfit doesn't work. Yes. Okay. I understand. All right. Yes. <laughs> so now he's taking it to that extreme with it being in a rock and roll band. Okay. All right. So he's got to look a certain way when he's on stage. Yes. And, I, and he's only 14 years old, but he does play, like, really cool venues that are, like, bar-oriented. Yeah, he plays, like, legitimate places, like, All right. where the public comes and so, listens. Right. So. <laughs> so, this morning, he got up, and he's like, oh, you know, and now we have a trip coming up tomorrow, so yes. I have to, I was telling him, please don't, try not to wear shorts, you have tons of sweats. Wear those the next couple of days, because then I want to. Keep wanna, everything else clean. Right. Gotcha. Because we need shorts where we're going, yep. we're going to Aruba. Yep. So he's sitting down having his breakfast this morning. He goes, oh, I know what I'm going to wear today. And I was like, that's so weird for a boy to know and to care. <laughs> but all right, because he is obsessed. Yes. So I'm like, what are you going to wear? Are you sweatpants? He's like, uh, no, I'm wearing jeans. And I'm like, and he never wears jeans. Huh. So I'm like, all right. So he comes down the stairs and he's got jeans on, black jeans, black long sleeves shirt, and my black motorcycle jacket. He took your jacket. He took the jacket, and he's wearing that to school. Oh, my God. So I was like, I, do you really want to wear that? And he goes, you always ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> you non-supportive, horrible mother, you. you so I said, listen, I think you look fine. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, but I don't want anybody to make assumptions of you. Okay. Well... So he's like that. No, it's it's just awesome. I look awesome, and I'm like, you know what? You look great. You go right ahead, and you go to school, and you enjoy your day. And he's like, all right. So that's what, how he went to school, and okay. I, I even have a picture of him because I was like, oh I had to gosh. send it to Chris. So Chris is like, holy crap, he's a trailblazer. <laughs> well, so what's wrong with his outfit? I mean, does the does the your jacket? I assume it looks unisex. It doesn't look female. No, no, no. Okay. It is a biker jacket. Okay, so then. Were you just worried he was giving off like some dark vibe? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe, hey, I like do drugs. Like they're going to pat him down or search roll. him for something. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I was 
like, oh, no. Now, I also said to him, you're not going to lose that jacket. Ah, that's right. <laughs> He's like, no. It is weather appropriate. It sounds like he was dressed nicely for the cold and yeah. the rain. And so, yeah. unlike a lot of kids his age, I mean, he was dressed sensibly, really. This is the biker jacket I'm talking about. Oh, nice. He's a rock and roller. Dang. All right, we may have to put that up on the website. Yeah. That is so funny. It was I love really how funny. he's not looking, so he doesn't perhaps know you're taking the right, picture. Right, right. I was thinking, man, after you dissed him, it is really nice that he lets you take a picture. No, but no. No. It was surreptitiously. Surreptitiously. He was not amenable to that. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be our inside joke forever. Forever. So, yes, that was my irrelevant side note that, that I had morning. to share with everybody. Before you came here. Before I came here. Yeah. That's why I was asking. Discombobulated? Are we still, are we still on for 9 o'clock? <laughs> what day is it? Am I in Aruba yet? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what day it is. This uh, re- actually, I really, I really believe know. that I can never live in Seattle because if this is what it's like, yeah. I can't. Yeah, like, I, I can take two days of rain. That's mm-hmm, fine. But mm-hmm. once you get past the three-day mark... The constant jury. There are not enough cute rain boots, rain jackets, umbrellas in the no, world to deal no, with this. No. And I was feeling the effects yesterday. I mean, 2 o'clock yesterday, I was ready to go to sleep for the night. Yeah. No. It's like, I'm done. Meanwhile, we're drowning in water here in Georgia and poor California. Good I segue know. to <clears throat> something I wanted to talk about is in the fires. And my our close friends in Southern California were on alert all day yesterday they were told to be prepared to evacuate again some flare-ups had come up in their area but the wind was pushing things to the ocean with no structures so to speak in between there although i'm like what about poor malibu maybe that city has already burned to the ground i don't know i'm shocked because malibu never strikes me as a place that anything could happen to except an earthquake right or mudslides um, yeah, mudslide, but it just doesn't seem possible. Do you know what? It's yeah. always beautiful there. It's always beautiful, but um, yes. So that's oh, crazy. Now, did I you know. hear about how Martin Sheen? Did I tell you this? I don't. Martin think so. Sheen was missing. Charlie Sheen. Was oh no, was looking for his dad. For his, he called nine one one. He had the whole uh-huh. family because apparently he's got a pretty big extended family. So he had okay. the whole family looking for his mother okay. and father. Okay. And then Martin Sheen shows up on the news. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, well, because so many celebrities live in Malibu, I guess. It's actually a much smaller population than I thought officially. I read somewhere that it's 13,000 people. Wow. We have a family friend that lives in Malibu with her husband, and, you know, I'm assuming that they're okay. Yeah. I've heard updates from their family, but so... I mean, I don't know. Maybe their place isn't okay, but... The thing is, Riss, you and I care. Yeah, we We do. We care... About the fires in California. Unlike President Donald J. Trump, at least in the middle of the night. I just, you know, just like he reminds me, this is what he reminds me of. He reminds me of a 15-year-old kid Uh who's got no parental guidance. Uh Because he just, he's like a, he is a big baby. He just goes and shoots off his mouth about anything. And Uh he doesn't think about any, he doesn't think about at all, at all. His frontal lobe has probably been compromised for <laughs> an unknown number of years, and it's getting worse. Because, um, yeah, there's something, it's, and it's, it's the way he writes stuff. It's like a 15-year-old. Okay. Yes. I mean, my 15-year-old happens to be smarter than that. But, <laughs> but 
you you know what I'm saying. No, I There's totally that know. adolescent. Yes. I'm yes. not really paying attention to what I'm saying yes. or doing. Well, he also doesn't care. Right. He's in his Trump bubble, mm-hmm. and if it pokes or gets pushed right. a little, you know, he flips out. But right. here's his tweet uh, from November 10th at 12:08 a.m. 12:08 a.m. I'm sorry, if you're the President of the United States and you're going to be up at 12.08 a.m., maybe you should be doing some better things with your time than tweeting, quote, There is no reason for these massive, deadly, and costly forest fires in California except that forest management is so poor. Billions of dollars are given each year, with so many lives lost, all because of gross mismanagement of the forests. Remedy now or no more Fed payments. All right. I mean, first of all, that's completely unpresidential and ridiculous, but that's who Trump is. Um, And then you mentioned on our walk, like, it's just, you know, he tweets one thing Mm -hmm. and then hours later there's an about face. Like, maybe somebody has said something something to Mm him and how they got through to him, I don't know. But that same day, November 10th, 2018, at 5.19 p.m., (laughs) Trump tweets, More than 4,000 are fighting the Camp and Woolsey fires in California that have burned over 170,000 acres. Our hearts are with those fighting the fires, the 52,000 who have evacuated, and the families of the 11 who have died. The destruction is catastrophic. God bless them all. First of all, the fact that he knows two of the three fire names, somebody must have told him that. More than 52,000 people evacuated, and the families of the 11 who have died, he's referencing the mass shooting in Thousand Oaks, not the fires. So he's just lumping it all in right. together now to, you know, and cover the fact his that bases. he even knows how to use the word catastrophically correctly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. That's not an appropriate laugh spot. Maybe I'll edit that out with my highly capable editing techniques. But um, yes, so that's just what I have to say about Trump and his fire tweets. There's so much more to say about him, of course. Because if he wanted general. to really pick on somebody, he could have picked on the fact that the power company messed up. Well, I And I don't even think they messed up. It's just that something blew up or something happened. Oh, that's what they think started. Yeah. I saw something and I hadn't dug into that further that it maybe a transformer exploded yeah, yeah. in Southern California mm-hmm. or I don't know, Northern. They're calling it a campfire because they think it started right. out. In no, the it wasn't a campfire. But... It was in fact the, the, they're looking into it though, yeah. the power company. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's just, yes. So I went to the original source on those tweets, Trump himself. Yeah. So we were also talking about our podcast about sources and different things. And I have a little more to say about that. But one of the things that is relevant here, when we're talking about Trump, is um, Alex Edmonds' TED Talks Daily. What to trust in a, quote, post-truth world. <laughs> My air quotes. <laughs> but it's real quotes. Post-truth Who is Ted world. anyway? TED stands for technology something something. It's oh, well, an acronym for... It's an acronym yeah. because there's lots and lots and lots of things on TED Talks. It's all different things. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So... Um, the first time I heard about it was in a Bible study group and it was um, 
I think it was a minister was talking about something, but I was like, what is this TED Talk? So at first I just assumed it was... A person? A, a person. Yeah. <laughs> a religious person, but it's not. No. It's so, all different topics. Technology, entertainment, and design. Yeah. So that covers a lot of topics, I guess. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's what the acronym TED stands for. And in 2017, so this is not right now, but it is post-Trump being elected. In 2017, Alex Edmonds gave his TED Talks Daily uh, speech, What to Trust in a Post-Truth World. And I was talking about this in his kind of high-level, um, I don't know if it would be roadmap to follow, but here, I'm going to get it right now. So it's, a story is not a fact because it may not be true. A fact is not data, it may not be representative if it's only one data point, and data is not evidence, it may not be supportive if it's consistent with rival theories. So that's what Alex Edmonds had to say, and he actually said it's that we live in a post-data world, and that makes sense because mm -hmm. there's too much data out there and people don't want <clears throat> data, their brains can't process all the data necessarily so like one story right they latch on to that and if it fits in their confirmation bias then they share it without correct necessarily well, and digging this, in sorry to interrupt no, you bad. but this totally fits in and ties in with my commentary about these um 24 hour news uh cycles cycle <laughs> people uh, 24 hour news channels, mm -hmm. CNN and Fox News, mm -hmm. uh, BBC, like all of these channels, they're 24 seven. So there's a lot of commentary. Yes. They'll throw out one fact mm -hmm. and base a whole show. <clears throat> yes. With five different people. Yes. Um, one, you know, and yep. it, I just feel it's always one sided because of course, if you watch CNN, it's kind of funny because there'll be like a panel of. Four Democrats and one Republican. Well, I was going to say, they usually sprinkle in one <laughs> good person from the other side. <laughs> and they do that on Fox. <clears throat> oh, yeah, exactly. Way. Yes. So it's just kind of funny. And you have to sit there and listen to it and go, but, okay, but that's, you know, this is now the opinion part of the fact. Well, you almost have to be an expert. Like, there should be a degree available for listening <clears throat> to and parsing the news. Right. Um. That would be very helpful. And also, I mean, that's sometimes what content online is trying to do for you. Like, when I was thinking about this episode, I came across this um, article from Tricycle Magazine, which is a Buddhist magazine. <clears throat> and they have this newsletter, this Mindful Resistance newsletter. And it, oh. it tries to do this. Oh. So I'm going, I'm, first of all, I'm going to subscribe to the newsletter. But let me tell you oh, a little bit. By the way, I just want to point out everybody that when she, Babs does these reviews, <laughs> she's got a book of notes in front of her. Me, I have my phone and I just wrote out a couple things in notes thinking we'll refer to the, you know, the episode. And she's got like... A All sheaf of paper, highlighter on my neck that Riz pointed out because I'm <laughs> highlighting so frantically that I apparently highlighted my neck. Oh, good. All right. So mindful resistance. Mindful resistance. So it was this article that I found and it's called The State of Mindful Resistance. And it's by this woman named Wendy Joan Biddlecombe Agsar. Wow. Yep. Four names. 
in Tricycle Magazine, published November 5th, 2018. And I'm just going to read a very little bit that I um, think is relevant. So it starts out by saying, the phrase mindful resistance came to Robert Wright during a meditation retreat in the spring of 2017. Wright, a science journalist and best-selling author of Why, Bo Why Buddhism is True, saw a need for thoughtful and not always reactive response to the news du jour coming out of the White House, as well as the need for us to better understand the underlying issues that led to Donald Trump's presidency. Quote, I had already started to worry that what was being called the resistance was in some cases being too reactive or hyperbolic for its own good and playing into Trump's hands, Wright said. He wants to have an enemy that seems not to respect the people who voted for him, for example. Mm. So if you say, quote, people who support Trump are racists, he's loving that. So that's very interesting oh, to me. Yeah. But a couple of things from there. One, there is perhaps some need to put some thought behind being too reactive right. or hyperbolic. I mean, that's what... <clears throat> hyperbolic, that's another big word. It's a good word. But that's like what each side kind of accuses the other of being, although I feel like the right does it a little bit, maybe it's not accurate to say more, but they do it differently, right? Like, I feel like what I see on the right is they're always calling the left babies or snowflakes or things like that. Right. And then the people on the left are calling the people on the right names. Yep. But I don't know what those names are. Racists. I'm in my Okay, there you go. Although, <clears throat> narcissists. Yes. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I should probably keep my mouth shut. Um, no, wait, because this is a perfect opportunity to just be mindfully. Because those labels might be true. <laughs> well, I don't think they are, but I think that they this, could be. They could be. But I, possible. I, I don't want to believe that. Yeah, I don't want to believe it either, but it's different to call somebody a racist than to call somebody a snowflake, right? Oh, yeah. Like a snowflake is just this created term or this appropriated term, because obviously snowflakes do actually exist in nature, that the group that came up with the label is throwing things into and applying. Right. Whereas racist is an actual thing defined well defined in society not just by general population reaction but by academics by right. historical context right. so but i'm trying to think of what the equivalent on the left would be of snowflakes um i'm sure there must be some term yeah like some term that's kind of more more derogatory. Well, or just more, um, well, actually less well-defined. Because like I said, snowflake, you can just pack, like right. my snow reference there, pack a bunch of things <laughs> into that. And anyway, all right. So all right. there's more to that. But back yeah. to Tricycle Magazine. So they came up with this newsletter that I guess you can sign up for. And um, this is what they think of their jobs as. And I'm like... I want this job. I want this to be our job risk. Okay. We think of our job as trying to crystallize the genuinely significant, filter out the pointlessly enraging, and then also call attention to important things that are being ignored. 
I feel like this this is, is our, our mission. Job. This is our we need to put this a is title our quest on. to follow that star. No we matter how to- hopeless. <laughs> No matter how far. Oh my god! All right, we need to put a title on it so we can be, you know. Well, first of all, we'd be stealing it, so we could call it plagiarism. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I agree. This is what we need to do. I know. Um, We need to tweet that today. I know, but we have to attribute it. Is it a quote? Is it, well, this is an interview, so I think it. I think we attribute it to Robert Wright. Okay, Robert, we got you. Maybe I'll try to like. Is that with a W or an R? Right. W. Okay. I'll try to um, change out some of the words so that the concept is the same, but it's not plagiarism. Well, uh, it's not plagiarism if we give them. If complete... we attribute it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. All right. The last thing the Tricycle Magazine has to say. <laughs> this was the lesson we were talking about. I'm going to learn it. Okay. Um, can you share one or two, tri- two tips on productively engaging with social media? And this is what Robert Wright has to say. When you feel the urge to retweet or to share something on Facebook, try to pause and reflect on the feeling that is encouraging you to do that. It's valuable to ask yourself, what is driving the urge to share or retweet? And if you find the motivation is belligerent or retributive, I would just then pause, maybe that's supposed to be retributive, I would then just pause further and reflect on the value of actually doing it. And he concludes by saying, ultimately I recommend that we try to be mindful, but of course nobody is going to be perfect, and I can't imagine anyone who is better at testing our mindfulness than Donald Trump. He's a 24-7 challenge. Oh yeah. Anyway, so Mindful Resistance Newsletter, going to subscribe to it, going to try you have, to... You're going to have a lot of subscriptions, because maybe. you still got to do that other one with the psychology thing. The Conscious Life Journal. Yeah, the Conscious yeah. Life Journal. I think I downloaded every single <clears throat> issue they have, so oh. I think I have them all on PDF now, and I will have to get back to that eventually. Yeah, because we're gonna, we're at some point, we're going to have to get an update from you yes. on how that's going. Yes, yes, we will. Um, You'll have to take another long trip somewhere so you can read all those episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I will be in the car for like six hours going to Jacksonville, so maybe Ugh, I'll be gross. able to, I don't know, maybe I'll figure out a way to plug my laptop in, in the car and read. My family loves it when I read aloud to them, so Aww. no, they don't. <laughs> but my girls will have their headphones on, and Jonathan, he'll be okay with me reading aloud to him. He, this was very well disclosed early on in our relationship before marriage. I'm like, I like to read aloud. <laughs> what a random thing. Yes, and I want you to listen. <laughs> or pretend to listen. Or just be in the area when I'm reading aloud. Oh, serenity now, serenity now. Maybe you should have been a teacher. No, no patience oh. for that. What Would I really like should have been was the people who make the audiobooks. Oh. Except I can't do accents. You don't need to. Sometimes you do. Oh. But I, I could just read nonfiction. Why yeah. don't you do that? You know, because then I got the whole lawyer gig thing going, and oh. now I have this podcast thing, so it's I not like it. I have a lot of time. Got the kids, Make time. The kids, the cats. <coughs> oh, the kids and the cats. The kids and the cats. Of, they could take care of themselves. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's... Where are the cats? They're hiding, probably, because we're being really loud, so... 
They've run. They were here. Darn them. We need a Dang cat it. signing. Dang it, cats. All right, so what else is on our agenda? <clears throat> uh, yeah, so also on the agenda was talking a little bit about um, some things that are currently happening in our neck of the woods. Oh. Georgia. Yes. And Oh, what happened last Florida. night? Florida. Um, I don't think that... I think it got pushed out. Oh. Yeah. I can't take it. All right. Okay. This is- I want to know who our... Governor is governor already. elect is currently our governor is Governor Nathan Deal. Well, no, he's already handed the. the... No, he can't hand anything. Oh, that's off. right, that's right. But they've already put in place. Oh, whatever. I mean, Nathan yes. Deal announced him as the governor, I which know. I think was kind of stupid. But it's any well, okay. So I have some things to say about this, and I was just going to tell a little side story, but let me stay on track. Ugh. Okay, do you want to talk about Florida? Okay, or well, this first? is the last thing that just happened. Okay. Georgia election officials ordered to review thousands of provisional ballots. Yeah. Provisional ballots are the ones that are sent in from overseas. Uh, our those are technically are absentee those ballots. Those absentee ballots, yes, okay. But the provisional ballots are like if you show up at the wrong place to vote. Oh, right. Or if, like my friend, you were told you can't vote. Yeah. Because like you were purged. Yes. Yes. So that's a provisional ballot. Yes. Okay, and cool. so the provisional ballots have to be reviewed to see if they meet the standards to be counted. And Georgia has these very restrictive voting requirements and that they were able to get through basically when the Voting Rights Act was gutted because Georgia being a racist backward state for a long period of time had to have their elections federally supervised because they couldn't be trusted based on their racist backwards history. And then that provision of the Voting Rights Act went away thanks to the Republican-led Congress. And so in the wake of that, Brian Kemp participated in making it more... (sighs) Difficult for people in Georgia to vote, and it's it, so it's like if your license says Tom and something else says Thomas, then they're like, Well, that doesn't match, wow. so you can't vote. It's like wow. literally things that stupid, and um, so okay, wait, we have to pause because I have to get my steps for a minute. Okay. That's okay. We're back. Right, we're back. We're back. Steps are in. Steps are in. Um, unlike the votes. <laughs> <laughs> good one. I know. Thank you. You're so good. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So All right. let's just start with Georgia because I have... Well, how much more are we going to talk about Georgia? We just got to wait for the stupid governor to get in there already i'm done with it well wait i i have something i have something in my sheaf of papers here that will tell you know what it's not highlighted that's why it's not highlighted (laughs) and the pages got mixed up res how is that possible i don't know i don't know but i do want to just share with people how um because i feel like some people you know they don't know this or they don't remember it Something. Okay, here we go. What are you explaining? I am explaining how congressional districts are drawn in Georgia. 
or how districts are drawn in Georgia. Mm-hmm. How is it that, you know, where... It's according where to population, isn't it? Well, yeah. So that's what I mentioned during our walk mm-hmm. was constitutionally, you're supposed to create districts that have pretty close population numbers. Okay. Um, but, well, here, this is what I want to share about. So um, this is in Georgia. Each of Georgia's 14 United States representatives and 236 state legislature legislators are elected from political divisions called districts. United States senators are not elected by districts, but by the states at large. District lines are redrawn every 10 years following completion of the United States census. The federal government stipulates that districts must have nearly equal populations and must not discriminate on the basis of race or ethnicity. In Georgia, both congressional and state legislative district lines are drawn by the state legislature. A simple majority in each chamber is required to approve redistricting plans, which are subject to veto by the governor. The Georgia Constitution requires that state legislative districts be contiguous. There are no similar requirements for congressional districts. In 2011, the House Redistricting Committee released guidelines recommending the following for both congressional and state legislative districts. One, prohibition of multi-member districts. Two, consideration of county and precinct boundaries. Three, compactness. Four, consideration of communities of interest. The committee also suggested that, quote, efforts should be made to avoid the unnecessary pairing of incumbents, end quote, within single districts. These are not legal requirements. As such, they may be altered at any time. Mm. Yes. So I just think that that is interesting to know. Can I ask a side question? Yeah. The t- of the 236 state legislators, mm-hmm. is that who John Albers is? Is he a state legislator? Yes, he's so a he's state So he's of the 236. Yes. Cause, yeah. I mentioned that, ladies and gentlemen, because we, we happen to know we do. him. And so... Or his wife. I know his wife. There are... <laughs> yeah. So we have... I always... House. House, yes. And state. Senate. Districts. Yes. Like, yeah. So, okay. So anyway, um, there's also... So this is... I, I won't go into it, but this is why it's so important to win, like, who's in control of the state legislature legislatures and the governor because they control the redistricting, which really can affect how things sure, play out. Sure. Um, so, but we don't have to worry too much about Georgia because it's Florida that is screwing up democracy. <laughs> well, I, Scott I don't think Georgia is really doing a much better job. <laughs> but having said that, yes, there's a lot going on in Florida. And this is where I'm going to get a little X-rated and say... What? Yep. Ooh. I have often thought of Florida as the penis of America. <laughs> the droopy penis of America. <laughs> think about it. That's exactly what it's shaped like. It has a bunch of sores in it, like Disney World. I can't even. (laughs) Anyway. So what you're saying is you're never going to move to Florida. I would never move to Florida. Okay. Yeah. I like It's a a growing list of places for you, I think. Well, the list (laughs) of places I will live is much smaller. So that's just the list. (laughs) 
But according to Scott Maxwell at the Orlando Sentinel. Okay. Yesterday, November 13th, 2018. All right. Dear America, sorry we keep screwing up democracy. Love, Florida. (laughs) So, anywho, there's just some funny things to share from that. So, votes are being counted for governor in the U.S. Senate. And according to Scott Maxwell, at, quote, a pace that makes a tranquilized snail look speedy, while also generating headlines like, whoops, Brenda Snipes' office mixed bad provisional ballots with good ones. Whoops is a word you never want to see in stories about election results, especially in Broward County's hot mess of an office. It's always a whoops with them. I know. Not to be outdone, an election supervisor up in Bay County revealed Monday that he allowed citizens in that storm-ravaged part of the state to vote by email, even though the state told supervisors before the election that voting by fax or email is not an option. So we have a Democratic supervisor mixing up her counts and a Republican supervisor counting ballots that may be illegitimate and gobs of lawsuits. And according to Scott Maxwell, that is, quote, why they keep screwing up democracy. No, that's not his quote. His quote is, (laughs) our state is the reason we can't have nice things. Truly, if you gave Florida voters a choice between sunshine and a nuclear holocaust, we'd probably be close enough for a recount. And at least 10% of South Florida would somehow end up voting for both. Or maybe Labradoodles. Oh my God. I know. So he, but wait, but wait, there's more. Just I can't, like I can't. In, but it's so funny. So you have, we have Governor Rick Scott screaming about, quote, rampant fraud in Florida. Scott actually asked his own state police to investigate the election and impound voting machines, acts you might normally expect in Turkmenistan. On Sunday, perplexed Fox News anchor Chris Wallace asked, quote, Governor, do you have any hard evidence that there was actual fraud or is actual fraud going on? You know you're in trouble when you're a Republican on Fox and the host basically asks, what you're talking about, Willis? Right. So Scott should butt out in his gubernatorial capacity. It's sketchy when government leaders try to commandeer their own elections. Scott's lawyers can watch and fight the same way Democrat Bill Nelson's can. And Maxwell says, I agree Broward needs oversight. Hell, it might need to be overthrown. The office has a history of problems that would trouble anyone, except apparently the people who live there and keep reelecting the same voting chief. (sighs) But... That doesn't mean that the state should stop counting legally cast votes, which is what our commander-in-chief suggested for Florida. Yes, people, that's right. We're back to Trump. Which is, this is the last thing I'll say about this because I'm sure people have stopped listening. But it goes (laughs) to the whole, like, if the fires were happening in Texas, Trump would be, you know, only 100% positive. And, you know, Florida, so... He tweets on November 12th at 7.44 a.m. The Florida election should be called in favor of Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis and that large numbers of new ballots showed up out of nowhere and many ballots are missing or forged. An honest vote count is no longer possible. Ballots massively infected. I love how, yeah. Must go with election night. So that's Trump on Florida. Then... Prior to that, of course, yet while Trump wants to stop counting ballots in Florida, where Republicans lead, he proposed a different remedy in Arizona, 
where the Democrat led a similarly close and messy race for U.S. Senate. And he tweeted on November 9th at 3.33 p.m., just out in Arizona, signatures don't match, electoral corruption, call for a new election, we must protect our democracy. Oh, yeah, I read that. It's just typical that, you know, this is our leader, people. (laughs) He is a total hypocrite. He doesn't actually care about votes being counted. And, you know, if the Democrats are leading, then clearly you should keep counting. Right. If the Republicans are leading, shut it down. Oh, he's a horrible person. Horrible person. In conclusion, the solution isn't to dismiss legitimate votes. It's to watch closely, demand transparency, not overreact. And remember, this country has a proud and enviable system of fair and open elections that Scott Maxwell would like to think even Florida can't break. Yeah, they have already, so. (laughs) I don't know. We didn't even get to confirmation bias, but just know it's something I'm going to continue to work on. I mean, I did. Confirmation bias. Yes, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, but not in the context that we were talking about it earlier. Right, right. Like confirmation bias. I mean, I cited a bunch of things here that maybe could be said to. Well, I think that's another subject that is we can talk about. But I didn't go to original source Trump tweets, so. Right. Yeah. But that's okay because we'll have many more of those to come. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. (laughs) And they just keep getting worse and worse, so it's like... All right, let's end on a happy note like we try to do. You wanted to tell us a little bit more about Puddles the Clown. Puddles the Clown. He is... His name is Mike Geyer. Okay. And yes, he has played places like Trader Vic's and Variety Playhouse here in Atlanta. Um, But we are going to see him in December here in Atlanta, so that should be lots of fun. Yeah, maybe we'll do a live podcast from there. People do live podcasts all the time. I'm going to look him up. Mike. Guy, you got it. That's the one. Geyer Puddles. Let's see. Let's just see if we have anything. There he is. Mike Geyer, born March 12th, 1964, known as Big Mike Geyer is a singer. Do you know why? Because he's very, very tall. He's very, very tall. Is a singer, entertainer, and leader of the band King Size, which Mm -hmm. is based in Atlanta, Georgia, performing as the clown costumed Puddles Pity Party cabaret Mm -hmm. genre. Oh, cabaret. I saw his cabaret, actually. It's really good. Oh, cabaret. Um, He's got a great voice. Let's see. And this is what you're talking about, too. Mm -hmm. In 2017, Geyer, as Puddles, participated in season 12 of the reality series America's Got Talent. He advanced to the quarterfinals at the Dolby Theater, where he performed his version of Royals and received an X from Simon Cowell. He was ultimately eliminated the following night. Boo. Boo, Simon. Um, Yeah, I was looking to see if it said anything about how tall he he is. Let's see. Oh, he's got to be. Six, eight. Yeah. That's what they say, anyway. Uh, okay. Well, Puddles the Clown. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. You are my mascot for my own pity party. <laughs> Wait, we were going to end positively. Yes, positively. come Dang on. It. I'm going to throw in a little bit what we'll, we'll walk for. Remember oh, how yes. we talked about that? Yes. We'll walk for. So, um, I got this book. The you? other day. You? Me? A, a book? book? What? Say what? <laughs> um, oh, it's all the way over there, though. Hang on. 
What's the name of the book? Do you know? Well, it's one of those books that it's like, how do you pronounce it? It's like Hoga. Oh, oh. But you've, oh, all right. I was just going to say, because you have another book or something similar, right? Well, I have the little book of Hugga. Right. And now I have the little book of. Like. Licka. Oh, it, that's, it's Licka? I don't know. Let's, let's see. I think it's like. Let's see. L-Y-K-K-E. How do you pronounce L-Y-K-K-E? Let's see what they say. Let's make sure volume is on. You will get it here, people. Okay, don't get the pronouns. You got it up there already. There it is. Just click on it. Yeah. Right there, the second one. Right. Okay, there we go. Right, good God. Do we have volume? Knitwear pattern designer from the Arctic Norway. Norwegian is my main tongue, and today I am going to tell you how to pronounce a certain Norwegian word that is spreading like wildfire throughout the world these days in the form of knitting needles. Yep, I'm going there. Ellie from the Skander Knits podcast. Hey, Ellie, uh, which is an awesome channel, by the way. If you haven't checked this her is out, taking I'm too long. Assume that you're living under a rock. Just say the um, word. She addressed this in her podcast, and I'm going to address it in this short video. Do it. Licka. 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 Nope. Licka. It's a Norwegian word, and it means happiness. Licka. It means happiness. Licka. Licka. And please don't take offense. If you're not Norwegian, you didn't know. Just saying. Licka. But you do pronounce it. Licka. Licka. All right. All right, thank you, Nordic Stitches. Thank you. www.nordicstitches.com. Licka. Okay, so that's the name of the book, and it means happiness. The name of the book is The Little Book of Licka, Secrets of the World's Happiest People, which I know she says that it's a Norwegian word, but the Danish are the happiest people. And this guy who's the CEO of Happiness, the Happiness Research Institute, is in Copenhagen, which is in Denmark. Why don't we go work there? Why don't we make our own happiness research institute here? We have to... Okay, so that is part of what we will walk for. We will walk for happiness. We will. We will walk for Lika. Lika. And Hugga. Hugga. <laughs> and, um... Oh, and what up? Rock painting kits. All right. So, seriously? You bought a rock painting kit? It has actual rocks in it. Oh my God! I could have found you a whole bunch of rocks and given you some paint. When do you have time to do that, Riss? How hard is it to go find a rock? Great rocks. Great. Come on. Let me rip this open and see what kind of quality rocks. Went to Home Depot. Look at these. Oh my God, Babs! Look at these. I I gotta. I'm gonna paint these and leave them around. They're my part of my. Random acts of kindness. I'm going to do it too, but I'm going to go get my own rocks. All right. Let's see who gets the rocks done first. <laughs> Maybe you can find some rocks in Aruba. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not putting rocks in my luggage. Sorry. Oh, okay. You wouldn't do I, that either. Oh, I totally did. In fact, I have oh a bag of rocks God. upstairs that came back with me from the <laughs> I will literally put rocks in my suitcase. I can't even. 
Anna. All right. I will I will pick a rock, a special rock. A special rock. And I will paint Aruba on it, but okay. I will not, in okay. fact, bring back rocks, plural. Oh, all right. So you're that committing would be to a non, singular rock. That would be non-licka. Licka? <laughs> Licka? No, licka. 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 All right, on that note, let's wrap this up. Yeah, we gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go home and pack. Bye. Bye, everyone. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on Facebook, A Walk in the Park, on Twitter, at A Wit Podcast. On Instagram, a walk in the park podcast, and eventually on YouTube when we get our channel set up. For now, you can head on over to our website, www.awitpodcast.com, to access everything. Wherever you find us that you can like, follow, and or subscribe, please do so. We'll be your best friends. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be your best friends. I mean it. We mean it. (laughs) All right. Bye.